This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying this Wednesday, January 5th. Wherever and however you're connected, always great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, once again teamed up alongside a man who always enjoys a great no-context post on social media, Jerem Jordan. Aaron Roderick, BYU's offensive coordinator and quarterback coach, uh, posted, you know, Bill Murray, uh, a gif of Bill Murray, excited this morning, okay? Celebrating, yeah, pumping the fist. What does this mean? <laughs> What does this mean? Okay, until, you know, certain things are announced, we can't talk about it, but let's just say Robbie McCombs is doing his homework. Yep. Vanquish the foe, okay? So it looks like it looks like BYU got a running back from the transfer portal. We knew this would happen once Tyler Algier declared for yeah. the NFL draft that they would go hot after a running back yeah. in the portal. And again, the rules for us are different than everybody else because we are BYU. So we can't say the running back from Cal's name. <laughs> But once he's in, here's the thing. He's in school. I think we probably could, but we play it safe here, right? So, yeah, exciting. Um, BYU has gone after a guy that has some experience and is ready to plug and play, hopefully, with uh, a good group of running backs already. We play it safe like Aaron Roderick and just post no context gifts of Bill Murray celebrating. I would say Aaron doesn't play it safe a lot as a play call. He gets after it, right? Pushes the envelope. I like it. Oh, no context, no problem. Here's your show lineup. Hey, plenty of context surrounding the COVID stoppages in major college basketball. How will this trend impact BYU's NCAA tournament hopes and lofty ambitions? We'll discuss. Hopefully COVID doesn't take away a game against rival St. Mary's on Saturday. The voice of the Gales, Alex Jensen, joins us to preview a hopeful big-time matchup. But first things first... Which brings us to Wednesday's BYU Sports Station headlines. It is game day eve for the West Coast Conference opener for BYU and Pacific live on BYU TV and BYU Radio tomorrow night. Mark Pope is optimistic we will see fewer postponements. You know, you never know if you're going to play a game or not, but I am making a prediction that, like, the worst is over and that we're going to run through this season. Let's Uh, go, right? There's a chance. I think there's a real chance that, like, we got it out of our system. We all missed a weekend of games, and hopefully we'll be back straight through. That would be great. I don't feel the same way, but that would be great. St. Mary's still on for Saturday night in Provo, despite the Gales postponing Thursday's game with Santa Clara. So that's good news. Hopefully the COVID antibodies within all of the West Coast Conference teams are raging in a good way. And Mark Pope is right, but man, the trend does not look good right now. Yeah, it, it feels like last year, and I thought we were done with that. But you know what? Maybe in five years. All right. <laughs> ESPN College Basketball Insider Jay Billis has BYU ranked 40th in his list. Says BYU's five wins over Ken Palm top 100 teams and experience from seniors keeps them in the conversation despite some unfortunate losses and injuries. In that same list, Gonzaga number three, San Francisco 42, St. Mary's 44. You want to guess how many Big 12 teams right now are in the top 40 of Ken Palm? Seven. Yep. Woo! Nice guess. Seven! Crazy. Matt Bushman signs with the Chiefs practice squad. That's awesome. Played 11 snaps this season for the Raiders. Bushman joins Andy Reid, Daniel Sorensen, and Zane Anderson as former Cougars with the Chiefs, who have a shot at the top seed, by the way, in the AFC with a win versus the Broncos. 
and a Titans loss to the Texans this week. This uh, this post paid for by Jason Chip. Yeah. One of those two things will happen. The Chiefs are going to beat the Broncos. I do not think the Titans are going to lose to the Texans. Yeah, Texans uh, ain't no good. <laughs> you think Andy Reid had anything to do with Matt Bushman coming to the Chiefs? <laughs> Feels like yes. I love it. Michaela Coulihan, a finalist for the Class of 2022 Honda Sport Award for Soccer, signifying the best of the best in collegiate athletics. Whitney Orton won the award for cross-country just last year. Legit. Also, she's getting married this weekend to Jackson Club. That is an elite power couple. Yeah, they're fantastic. Jackson may uh, break in with the Nationals this year. We'll see. I expect him to be, with, at worst, with AAA. Yeah, that's the hope, right, to start. Uh, and former Cougar Sean Nua replaces Vic Soto as the new defensive line coach at USC. Nua joins the Trojans from Michigan, where he coached up potential number one overall pick Aiden Hutchinson. That's pretty cool. Sean was at Navy, now Michigan, now USC. He's a big freaking deal. Hey, Sean. BYU at some point, if there ever is an opportunity. Can BYU pay the same as Michigan and USC? That's, that's the question. Probably not. Hopefully in the Big 12, yes. Hopefully. Just not right now. Right. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Oh, the COVID impact is real, and we are specifying it on major college basketball. BYU has already had one game canceled or postponed rather due to a COVID shutdown. There was to be opener in the West Coast Conference at Portland. Didn't happen. Will it happen? We don't That's know. That's fine with me. Portland stinks. See? If that game isn't played, I'm good. Yes. Okay. I'm good. It all depends on which games get postponed or potentially do not happen. Jerem, how concerned are you about the impact of COVID, the way it's trending right now on the BYU and specifically West Coast Conference basketball season? There's a uh, silver lining to this potentially that we've been talking about a little bit this week is maybe some of these games that don't help your resume would only hurt could go away. I thought Portland was a tender mercy. BYU needed some rest after a crazy travel schedule. Yeah. And Portland's a terrible Mark, game for their metrics. Mark said as much. He said, we desperately needed a break. Yes. And they got it. It's been eight days since Westminster. BYU took a break during that game as well, right? Not a great result, you know. Weird but game. Weird game. But you win the game. You know, Seneca Knight and Spencer Johnson are out. They're expected to play tomorrow night, Mark Pope said. So, I, you know what? I, I think the league, I would imagine, and we'll talk to Gloria Navarez, the commissioner, tomorrow about this. I would imagine the league will hook the big four up. I'm throwing San Francisco in there for now. I hope they make the NCAA tournament. I still got to see it to believe it a little bit here. They barely make the NIT, right, to make that jump. It could happen, but it's a stretch. Is uh, that those four teams will play each other at least twice, okay? So if you're BYU, those are at least six games, quality games. And if San Francisco stays top 75 in net, they're like top 50 right now, top 40, right? Then uh, 32, that's excellent. Then, boom, baby, look, BYU's got a bunch of quad one games. Let's walk through it. Gonzaga, both of those would be quad one. Yep. Obviously, Road, St. Mary's, San Francisco, there's four total. And if, if uh, you know, the Dons or Gales can climb into the top 30 by Selection Sunday. That home game The home games in Provo would be quad one as well. Not to mention what BYU might face at the West Coast Conference Tournament in Las Vegas. If St. Mary's and or San Francisco stay top 50 and BYU plays those teams on a neutral floor, those are quad one games. Add one or two more, which would be great. So that that's where this could really help. And guess what? Get used to it. Because when BYU's in the Big 12, every non-conference game minus one or two. Sure. Like Kansas State is the worst basketball team 
in, in the Big 12 right now, and uh-huh. I think they're seven and four. <laughs> like, like they're the only league that everybody's won like two thirds of the games or whatever. So I, I think there is a silver lining to potentially the schedule just getting really mixed up. Here's what I don't want though: I don't want BYU to play any Monday games. That would just be super unfair, given okay. BYU's choice to not play on Sunday or practice. BYU doesn't even practice. So that if if and when we have reschedules, they've got to be on Tuesdays for BYU. They have to be. Uh, an addendum to uh, Kansas State: they are 88 in the net rankings, and they're the worst. And they're the team worst in the Big 12. Team, okay. So <laughs> the worst team is a quad two. You know what I mean? That is so wild. you play that true road. That and there's no guarantees that you would even play everybody right on the road. There'd be, there will be too many teams for two years. I don't want to leave Santa Clara out of the mix, Jeremy. They're 81 in net, so. Maybe they climb into the top 75. They get a big win against San Perhaps. Francisco or St. Mary's or, heaven forbid, BYU, and they become a top 75 team. Then that road game would Can you imagine Santa Clara as a quad one? Crazy. Okay, and we were talking about this, and I want to get you to answer the question you asked me, of course, in a second. But the fact that BYU um, you know, is, is trying to make the NCAA tournament, all the metrics are great right now, in spite of zero quad one wins right now. That's really interesting to me. I don't think it's going to hurt BYU on Selection Sunday because right now it's not hurting BYU. Or will the committee go, well, they played some good teams but no great teams. Um, non-conference. Like, will UVU be the best game BYU played non-conference? What? Like, given what, the way the quads are set up, it depends where you play teams. Like, obviously, like, Creighton is one of the best teams sure. BYU will have played. The only game BYU wasn't in to this point. I'm not sure it's going to hurt BYU because guess what? Lenardi doesn't have it hurting BYU. BYU's still a nine. Off the bubble. BYU has won some big quad two games, if we yeah. can say that. Yeah. Use F- that phrase. Five of them. I mean, Jay Billis just emphasized that in his latest rankings. They're number 40 because of those five solid quad two victories. Yeah. BYU's going to get enough in conference. I don't think it matters. I think what matters at the end it's of overall, the day is yeah. just the number, right? Yeah. Whether you play them in non-con or conference, the number of quad ones matters. And the committee is going to look at BYU's schedule and say, well, look, they scheduled ambitiously in the non-conference. It's not necessarily BYU's fault that Oregon kind of tanked in non-conference and all of a sudden wasn't as good a win as it should have been. Creighton will be a quad one. San Diego State, Creighton, Utah. Like BYU was aggressive in their scheduling. It just didn't work out quad one. But it's been so good at the higher level of quad two that it hasn't really impacted them. And I think you're right. I think there'll be this slide up because Creighton plays in the Big East. So, boom, they're going to go up. They already beat Villanova. By 20. That was crazy. They just won at Marquette again in a remarkable, like, super lucky game. And, and I, I freaking love the fact that UV is a quad one game. Here's why. Because all the people that don't understand how it works. I can't believe BYU lost to Utah Valley. I understand it sucks to lose to UVU. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's great. I'm just saying it's not bad according to who matters. Guess what? You and me, we don't select on Sunday. Exactly. It's this committee of homies who look at these numbers, and it's going to be a – honestly, it's a quality loss. Like in basketball, you can quantify quality losses. In football, it's harder to be like – that was a good loss. Sure. Well, there are just more games in basketball to work with, right? Three times. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that helps. Yeah. We're talking, we're trying to quantify the amount of concern we have. Uh, my concern levels will go up significantly if BYU can't play the game against St. Mary's on Saturday. Especially at home. Because, oh. the, exactly. Although the road game is more important. Now that starts to hurt the potential quad one and more quad two scenarios that BYU needs to play. But they'll reschedule that one. 
I like part of me. Part you would of me, think, right? The, the conference is like, okay, yeah. if, if a game between BYU and St. Mary's doesn't happen, or Gonzaga, or San Francisco, or Santa Clara, like we're going to make that happen. We're going to figure yes. out a way to yes. fit that in the schedule. Part of me wants this, but I, I it would be super annoying. It, is is for another week of postponements, and the league goes, screw it. You know what we have to do? We have to redo everything. Okay, BYU, you're playing these two. You're playing they, the San Francisco State the whole schedule. Yes, I don't actually want that. I'm kidding. But we'll see what happens because obviously it's weird. And you'd like to think that everyone's on the same page with exactly the protocols, but it feels like depending on what state you are in, there are different rules, right? We've encountered this the last two years of dealing with, with all of this. So we'll see what happens, man. Hopefully everyone's healthy and good and uh, we can play some games. Mark Pope is obviously – actively tracking this situation and he like us believes that the league's going to take care of itself because guess what when the league gets more teams in the tournament the league gets more money to distribute they don't have football so this is everything gonzaga is everything to this league right more tournament teams more money more units as they call it in uh, march it's going to work out cougar stats emphasizing what you mentioned about santa clara Joseph Vrankic has missed several games this year. Has, he hasn't even played with him um, several times. He's their best right? player. Yes. Well, you could argue that. Yeah, yeah. But he I has been the best their best player. player. Yes, I think there's – I agree with that. Um, so that's interesting, too. If there were five top 100 games, yeah. Thank goodness for Ken Palm. We can quantify success in a different way where you can look at BYU's schedule this year and go – yeah, it's it's good because of X, Y, Z. You're not just like in football. We just look at names uh-huh. and we go, is that a good win or not? You know what I mean? Sure. Like yeah, we th- there's some value to program prestige. Like we're playing NCAA college football 14 on PS3 or something. <laughs> but 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 there's also the quantifiables, like actual data that isn't everything, but it's certainly something. Okay. So the other guy I was referencing on Santa Clara's team is. Jalen Williams. He's Jaylen averaging Williams almost really, 19 points. He's game. really good. So he's kind of carried them yes. while Vrankic has not played. But Williams and Vrankic together? Like maybe they're – here's, here's, They're like San Francisco to be. If Vrankic is healthy and playing with Jalen Williams. That good, huh? Yes. Wow. Okay. Uh, playing yeah. at all. Yeah, I, I would hope that they're like a top 50 team. And all we care about with Santa Clara is at the top 75. That's it. We don't need him to be top 30. Yo, so get healthy. Get Santa Clara into the top 75. Everyone be healthy. Like, I I want, yeah, I want the best shot of everyone. You know what I mean? And it's going to be exciting. And we only have, you know, two more of these. I mentioned Mark Pope is well aware of what's going on. Here's what he said about contingency plans. What I know is that they're talking every day. Uh, I think there was a big uh, conversation between ADs and, and uh, the league commissioner and the associate commissioner today in terms of kind of coming up with contingency plans and how we're going to do it. And there's a bunch of different ways we go. And I think it'll probably change. If we have any more uh, missed games, it'll probably change. Um, but, but I know that they're talking about it every day. A quick note. So Mark pointed this out in media availability as well yesterday. BYU has played its max 15 non-conference games because it played in an, uh, a multi-team event, MTE. It doesn't have the ability to play any non-conference games right now. San Francisco had played 14. Therefore, they had an opening to play Loyola Chicago at Salt Lake Community College tomorrow. Fun tweet from Todd Golden, the head coach, coming up later in the show about that, Ooh. trying to get BYU fans to the game. But uh, So the league would have to say, yes, BYU, you have the flexibility to go play a game or two or three. 
of non-con. They would have to make exceptions. They would have to make an exception. That's what he's referring to. All right. Our question of the day. How concerned are you, BYU Sports Nation, about the impact of COVID on BYU and the West Coast Conference hoop season in 2022? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At BYU underscore game day on Twitter answers, the men's team really struggles with playing with little downtime due to lack of depth at forward. If the Cougars play six games in a 14-day period, three times traveling, things could get ugly really quick. Hey, I, I think that's the case with a fully healthy team, let alone an undermanned team, which is what BYU is right now. It's a great point. He adds, the BYU women's basketball team has so much depth that they may actually benefit from that scenario. I agree. <laughs> this women's team's loaded. I'm sweet 16 or bust for this group. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm all the chips are in. Let's go. They're ranked in the top 20 They're and have so been good. so for the last month. Like, what can't they do? I'm so excited about it. Okay, coming up, how much does a top recruiting class in football cost? And this show's best frenemy, the voice of the Gales, Alex mm. Jensen, joins us to preview, hopefully, a game on Saturday in Provo. This is BYU Sports Nation. So not the Jazz Assistant. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU starts West Coast Conference play tomorrow against Pacific. The whole ocean, let's go. Countdown to tip-off begins at 8.30 Eastern on BYU TV as Tyler Dave, Blaine Spencer, and I get ready for the game. You can't even throw it in the ocean. Can you against Pacific, though? <laughs> the University of the Pacific. Yes. Love it. It's a dumb dad joke. We are live in Studio AKA B. AKA dad joke. With your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now over Zoom is uh, this show's longtime frenemy. He's Yo! The, we say it every time. He's the best thing that St. Mary's has going for it. <laughs> Alex Jensen. Alex, you're at the top, man. It's, uh, it's always great of you to join us. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm very good. It's good to see you guys. Jeremy, it was good to see you in person a, a couple months ago in uh, in Logan there. I would be at the top if it wasn't for the deli gnome you have there on the uh, on the desk. So I'm I still, appreciate you guys bringing that out to welcome me whenever I I'm come still, on. I'm still waiting to throw that off uh, the building here at some point, <laughs> just in anger. Well, you know what? When when you guys go to the Big 12, I mean, hopefully we'll have some some non-conference matchups, but then you can keep it in a good space, you That's know? True. Because we're That's all true. That's true. Yes. Yes. There you go. yes. That is We're a fantastic for- point, Alex. Thank you for making me feel better about the rivalry between St. Mary's and BYU as it moves forward. And we want to make this clear. We're not overlooking Pacific by having you on. We just wanted to talk about uh, – we're just more interested in St. Mary's than Pacific <laughs> on this very program. I enjoyed the jokes about the ocean, though. I never I, I never, it think never to gets make old, those right? Yeah, yeah. By the way, did you know that the reason that Michael Oluwakandi went to Pacific was because he thought it was on the coast? Are you serious? <laughs> That's what I heard. I, yes. Hey, yes. hey, story time. I'm uh, 13 or 14, and I go to a Pacific BYU game in Provo where Michael Oluwakandi played. Fun fact. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Did I get really? on the Jumbotron a- because no one went to BYU games that Probably. year? Probably. The year after BYU was 1-25? Only win against Utah State? Absolutely. Hey, they won nine games that year, Jerem. Nine whole games. It was nine a big and step. Alex, was... you're learning all sorts of things about BYU basketball Michael... in the late 90s you never thought that you would pick up. As if I didn't know enough already. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the scenario on Saturday because obviously the topic of discussion today for us on BYUSN is, well, how concerned are we about the impact of COVID to this point and moving forward? Because the trend does not look great, but – Pacific's on the bus. They're on the way to the airport. We think that game's going to happen. And 
you just told us before we came on live that everybody seems okay. You're going to be on the plane if it takes off on Friday. Do you think that the game on Saturday is going to happen? If you had to give it a percent chance, what would you put it at? Flip a coin, man. I mean, that's what it's been like the last couple of years, right? Going back to last season. I know that right now the game is still on, so I'm hopeful that it that it ends up happening. But, I, it's, you know, it's anybody's guess right now. I mean, it's, unfortunately, we're right back to 2020 at this point in time. Now, based on everything I've read about this variant, you know, hopefully this wave passes quickly and we can get back to where we were in, in November, early December, sooner rather than later. But right now, I mean, I, I know that the game is still on on Saturday, but I don't know anything past that. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping to be traveling on Friday. We'll put it that way. St. Mary's I wish I had a better answer for you. <laughs> yeah, you know what? <laughs> Next time we need a better answer. No, I'm just kidding. Um, St. Mary's, it was an off year last year. St. Mary's is back, returned literally everybody. Uh, I got to see this team in person like we talked about, Logan against Utah State. I was impressed outside of missing in a bunch of threes in that game, kind of kept Utah State in it. St. Mary's is good again. So remind us kind of what St. Mary's looks like and, and who's back uh, for the Gales that, that we'll see Saturday night. Well, like you said, everybody's back. And I think what this team really gained last year was a toughness, a grit. I mean, they they had to play every game in the 60s and 50s a year. I mean, that's the way they had to play after Alex Dukas, Lemon Bachler went down. You know, I, would Alex Dukas have scored 15 points a game? I don't know. But it would have changed the way their offense looks. It would have changed the way they could space the floor. But they really gained a toughness and a grittiness about him. I mean, Randy Bennett said over and over, this is the way we have to play. They didn't score 70 points last year after December 15th. That's a, like that's ridiculous. So now I think they have an identity. They know that, you know, they they their identity is on the defensive end, as you saw in Logan. And you don't win that game going I think they started the game three for 19 in that atmosphere without being experienced and tough and gritty and being a really good defensive team. I think that's where this team's identity is. Personnel wise, it's the same guys, you know, uh, Logan Johnson, Tommy Cousy. Uh, there, there are you know, Matthias Tost and Fotu had a really good start to the season. You know, Alex Dukas is back. There's a freshman in, in the starting in the, in the starting lineup now. His name's Augustus Marshallonis. You probably know that last name from his dad, uh, Sarunas. And I think what he adds to this team is just a depth at guard. He's a true point guard. And Tommy Cousy, Logan Johnson don't have to play 32, 34 minutes now. I mean, I don't think there's one guy that's averaging over 30 minutes on this team, which is rare for a Randy Bennett team. Um, so, you know, I think you're, you're going to see a tough, a gritty team, a team that's not afraid to play on the road and a team that has, like you said, everybody back from a year ago. Looking at what BYU would bring to the table if the game again happens on Saturday, Alex, where do the Gales have an advantage matchup-wise against this specific BYU team? Yeah, personnel-wise, I mean, I think you have to look on the interior. You know, I mean, I, unfortunately for BYU, they've suffered a couple injuries. Harward, Gavin Baxter, um, you know, hopefully those guys are able to, to get back to full health. But, the, you know, that's a lot to lose. I know uh, Teore, is that how you pronounce his name? Teore, Teore, yeah. Teore, yeah. He, you know, all-tournament team in at the Diamond Head in, in, in Hawaii. Uh, but still relatively inexperienced, you know. Matthias Toss is a senior. Dan Fotu is a senior. Behind that, they have a guy that was on the all-freshman team a year ago, a 6'10", in Mitchell Saxon. So the Gales just have depth underneath. You know, how, how much is that going to play a factor? I don't know. The Gales play through the post a lot. You know, if you, if you watch St. Mary's play, it's a high ball screen, and it's playing through the post and Matthias Toss with his back to the basket. So I, I think they've, the, you know, you give the Gales the advantage there. St. Mary's doesn't have a player like Alex Barcelo who can score the ball that way. Um, you know, I think BYU is, is, you know, shoots the three, uh, probably better than St. Mary's does, but 
in terms of knowing who they are, St. Mary's knows who they are. You know, they know their identity. Now, I haven't watched BYU enough to, to know if that's the same, but, you know, based on three or four, you know, newcomers in the rotation, the injuries we just mentioned, you know, maybe St. Mary's has their identity a little bit more nailed down at this point than BYU does. But you look at these two teams on paper, man. I mean, it's, you know, it's pretty even. Please, I just want the game to happen on Saturday night. Alex Jensen, the voice of the Gales, is with us on <laughs> BYU Sports Nation. And for what it's worth, Alex, the more native pronunciation is Fusini Traore. So if you want to work Traore. on that, we okay. We expect right. that exact pronunciation <laughs> to your audience on Saturday night. <laughs> we know how much. Well, tune in. The Varsity Network, Saint, search St. Mary's, and you'll find I've out. I've been on. You had me on the postgame show against Utah <laughs> yes, State. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. <laughs> If this game doesn't happen, we are of the opinion that the West Coast Conference is going to figure out a way to let BYU and St. Mary's play because it's in the WCC's best interest to have as many tournament teams as possible. So are you with us in that if the game, heaven forbid, does not happen on Saturday night, it will happen at some point in Provo? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I think I think the league owes it to themselves for this game to be played, for this game to be played, for USF at BYU to be played, for BYU coming to the Bay Area to play all three schools. Obviously, Gonzaga, you know, playing all although Gonzaga doesn't necessarily need those those games the same way that BYU, St. Mary's and USF do. But, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that, you know, and they proved it last year with the Ken Palm stuff, uh, you know, and figuring out the, the league standings that way, seeding the tournament that way. I think the West Coast Conference has proved that they'll do whatever they can to get as many teams into the field as they can. I mean, even going back a few years ago before COVID, you know, changing the WCC tournament format back to a, you know, a, a style that protects its top teams and allows two, three, hey, maybe even this year, four teams to get into the NCAA tournament. Because that's how, I mean, look back to 2020, man. There were three teams ready to go to the tournament. Tournament was bang. So I, I think West Coast Conference needs to do whatever it can. And they've proven that they have done whatever it takes to get as many teams into the field as they can. And all 10 schools should be pulling the rope from the same direction in that regard, in my opinion. Yeah, because everyone gets the uh, unit money. There's no football, so basketball is paying for stuff. And that makes total sense. I like yeah, how you acted like the league wanted fewer uh, conference games. I, I would say Mark Few wanted fewer conference games. But, well, yeah, hey, the, but yes. The league, knows, the league knows that, you know, they can't lose Gonzaga. Right. Right. And with Gonzaga, right. you know, threatening, well, the rumors were that Gonzaga and the Mountain West were linked. We told you know, them don't I, do I it. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation has the power over the entire West Coast Conference. But the West Coast Conference was smart to protect their top team. Yes. Right? Because, I mean, Randy Bennett has said it 10, 15 years ago. Without Gonzaga, there is no St. Mary's. Without Gonzaga, BYU is probably not in the West Coast Conference right now. Or you can make an argument that they're not. Yeah. So who knows? it all starts and ends there. Yeah, no, it's a great point. Like the Big West was a discussion back in 2011 of where BYU is going. Who knows? Who knows? Really? Right? Okay, let's yeah. talk about uh, the Big Four. San Francisco has entered the fray, 13 and one, playing Loyola Chicago randomly in Salt Lake tomorrow. Uh, we're going to read the Todd Golden tweet he sent out this morning here in a couple of minutes. But tell me about San Francisco. Do you feel like they're legit? Are they actually potentially an NCAA tournament team? Because the jury's still out for me. Yeah, I think I think it's kind of both sides. I think there's no doubt they're legit. You know, I mean, they're 13 and one. They won at Arizona State. They they haven't. We don't know as much about USF as we do about BYU and St. Mary's. You know, B, you know USF according to Ken Palm, as of right now, their non-conference strength of schedule is 175. Yeah. You know, BYU and St. Mary's are both in the top 
75. So we know a little bit more about who BYU and St. Mary's are, I think. I do think USF has one of the best players in the league in Jamari Bouye. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he can play. We know Todd Golden can coach. You know, Shabazz is dynamic in the backcourt. And then they added Yowen Masalski from San Diego and yeah. then uh, the kid Patrick Tepe from, from Duke. So there's a little bit more depth in the front court, which, you know, I've heard our coaching staff say time and time again, you need that depth in the front court to win in this league. Big time, as you mentioned, big time credit goes to USF for scheduling Loyola Chicago because that's going to be their best game of the non con So I think we'll learn mm-hmm. a lot about the Dons tomorrow morning. You know, I mean, Loyola Chicago and Kempom is top 25. I think they're number 21. And by far, that's the best game that USF will have played. So I think they're legit. Um, I, I think the jury is still out a little. I'm kind of playing both, you know, sitting on the fence a little bit here. Uh, but I think what they've done to this point warrants them being in the discussion for top three in the league and in the NCAA tournament. Have they been tested the same way? No, but uh, in today's West Coast Conference, they're going to get those tests in the league. And we'll find out, as I mentioned, you know, tomorrow we'll find out a lot about the Dons. If it was a four-bid league, that'd be unbelievable. That'd be wild. And we were talking about how awesome it is that you, we can feel pretty confident that barring an epic collapse by San Francisco, BYU is going to be able to go on the road in St. Mary's as well and go play three quad one road games in league. Typically it's two. You know if you're playing BYU-St. Mary's and Gonzaga, you're going to get at least two. Now it feels like three, and with Santa Clara, it might be four. The league actually, yeah. every year it's discussed as this, not always true, but it's actually better this year. No doubt about it, and it's deeper. You know, I mean, you look at the top six teams, you know, in, in net, and I don't think you can really look at net through the same lens right now as you can with Ken Palm this early in the season, just because, you know, I, th- I was looking at USF's team sheet, right? Towson is a quad two game. You know, UAB, while they are a, a, a good club, is a quad one game. Will those stay the same? I don't know. I mean, you know, Towson could lose to Fairfield or whoever's in the, you know, the Colonial Athletic Association. They drop 25 spots and all of a sudden. So I think when you look at Ken Palm, I think that is really your, your, for me anyway, the, the real judge of, in terms of the metrics, who's good. And right now, LMU is a top 115 team. Yeah. So you can see LMU sneak into that top, you know, the, a quad two game down there. So uh, I think you're absolutely right. Every, each one of these teams is going to have an opportunity for a resume building win, a big time resume building win in league, which is where the West Coast Conference has wanted to get for a long time. And it finally is. Alex, great to talk to you. I expect a minute by minute update as to your flight plans of what's happening with St. Mary's, because we need to know the game's going to happen. So keep (laughs) us surprised, man. All right. You guys create the group chat, loop me in and uh, we'll go for all your boots on the ground. You got it. Thanks, Alex. (laughs) <laughs> All right, guys. Happy holidays. The voice of the Gales, Alex Jensen, with us on BYU Sports Nation. So basketball and the WCC runs through Utah right now. Let's talk through it. San Francisco's playing the game at Slick. Uh, you know, LMU's Stan Johnson from Taylorsville. Ken Palm. Salt, Salt Lake Salt guy. Lake guy. Okay. Utah. Beehive State. It's the basketball state. Let's go. Wasatch Academy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> More recruits coming up. Deep Blue with Gideon George. A follow-up to the work he's doing back home with donated shoes. And which former BYU footballer is most likely to win a Super Bowl ring mm. in this 2022 season? This is BYU Sports Nation. Gonzaga's like, football. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. BYU basketball's Mark Pope is on demand. Join Coach Greg Bell as they look at the West Coast Conference play. And we debut a new Deep Blue about Gideon George, which you can see in the next segment. Available now on the BYU TV app. He is Jeremiah Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show at any point, follow us on the social media platforms 
Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's whip it! Cougar Whip Around, presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. Over under two and a half former BYU guys on the Chiefs playoff roster. Does Andy Reid count in this? Is he part of the roster if he's not a player? Ooh. Uh, let's say yes. Okay. Basically, they were saying, do you think Zane or Matt will be on it? Yes. I think do Zane, we? Daniel, and Andy Reid are on the roster for the playoffs. I'm going to go over here. I'm pretty sure Andy's going to be involved. Uh, Zane has played 42 <laughs> snaps the last two weeks. He's involved. Like, they, I think he's going to be on the roster. They're trusting him more, obviously. Yes, and they've probably had some injuries or whatever, but Zane's a good player, man, so that's exciting. Okay, let's stay with the NFL and playoff hopes. Yep. Super Bowl dreams. Yep. Which former BYU player is most likely to win a Super Bowl ring at the end of the 2022 season? Probably Daniel Sorensen with the Chiefs. They're playing really well right now, despite the loss. Great game at your Cincinnati Bengals. Um, KBN, of course, the Patriots. I don't know with the rookie Mac Jones, can he actually lead them to the Super Bowl and win? I don't trust a rookie quarterback there. Harvey Longy, by the way, out for the rest of the – they didn't return him yeah. after an injury and some COVID stuff. And then Michael Davis, if the Chargers win, maybe they get hot. Who knows? We know this much. At least we think we know this much. It's going to come out of the AFC. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If it's the Chargers, it's the Chiefs. Yes. Yes. It's the Patriots. From Brigham. It's probably the guys on the Chiefs. That's the obvious pick. But we've seen Stranger Things. Season four. Coming out. out. Is that nice. 2022? Is you that picked it up. Yeah, it's probably going to be the Chiefs. BYU comes in at 40 in the Billis Index. Is 40 fair? Absolutely. For all the reasons that he states, he's dialed in. He knows about the Richard Howard and Gavin Baxter injuries. He also knows about BYU finding a way to win a bunch of quad two games, ugly or not, but just finding a way. And that's what matters the most. To them. They they defend and they rebound, even though they're undersized. So I, I feel like 40th is absolutely fair. It's not fair. BYU should be higher. Oh, you think? Because in our resume update, BYU is 29 in net, plus two from yesterday, 25 in Ken Palm. BYU should be in the mid-30s. I think okay. 40 is a little low. In five spots? Yeah. Yep. I feel like anywhere in the top 40 is okay for this team. I'm fine with it. I just, yeah, I feel like more accurate would have been in the mid-30s. Yeah. And the I low think 30s. If yeah. you're looking at seed lines and BYU's are projected like nine seed, then you're right. Eight top points, 36, right? 8.78 on bracket matrix. Okay. So there 36. you go. You, Trending you make, up. You make a good case. USF head coach Todd Golden tweeted the following. I love this. And this is Golden. We would love any BYU basketball fans in the Salt Lake City area to come support <laughs> Don's basketball on Thursday at Salt Lake Community College, noon mountain time. A win for San Francisco would be great for the Cougs and the West Coast Conference. You can even wear blue. What do you think of the Dons? And are you going to wear blue and go to the game now? I'm not going to the game, but maybe. <laughs> I, I, he's exactly right. San Francisco beating Loyola Chicago would be tremendous for the league. And it would be really validating for San Francisco. If they're 14-1 and one going to the league play with that win, now they're feeling really good. And if San Francisco's really good, that helps BYU's resume. So, yeah, go Dons. Go, go. Dons. Absolutely. I'm not going to go to the game, but I think this is a fantastic, dare I say, elite tweet from Todd Golden. He's very aware. He's young. He gets He's it. He's hip. No, Todd's he great. Get, he gets it. I Just because you're young doesn't mean you're hip. Let's just qualify that. And when you say hip, you sound old. So I don't know what's going He's on. He's very hip to it. Which big game boomer New Year's resolution was more accurate from yesterday? This is the best list I've seen maybe in a long time. 
BYU get in a better bowl. <laughs> Or Utah, except that BYU is better. What? Big Game Boomer is a cougar. I'm going with uh, Utah, except that BYU is better for 200. The whole list is incredible. Amazing. Go read the whole list. No one has dominated lists like Big Game Boomer the last year. Now, I thought when I first saw Big Game Boomer, he was for sure an Oklahoma Sooner guy. And we don't Boomer know that Sooner. it's a heat. It might be a shame. We don't know. You're right. Yeah. It is reported that Texas A&M, Jerem, and their boosters ponied up somewhere between $25 and $30 million worth of name image likeness deals to secure the nation's top recruiting class. Wow. Is this the future of recruiting? I think it's been that way for a while. It's just been under the table, in the, especially <laughs> in the SEC. But no, it like if you want to actually compete and win a natty, which Texas A&M is not, but they're recruiting well. Um, they beat Alabama. Great. But like, hey, win 10 plus games. Let's go. I'm not even um, sure the NCAA is okay with schools using potential money to lure in recruits just yet. This is one of those well, gray areas. Well, fit, fit in the NIL rules and you're good. But what if they're not enrolled? How do you? Well, maybe they, can you promise a recruit? Is this illegal? Activity? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a gray area, right? No, it's, it's more weird. of a maroon area. <laughs> it feels like, but yeah. Coming up, Rise shout out to the undisputed king of lists. And the follow-up to our deep blue featuring Gideon George. He continues to do amazing things for his home country. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Listen, BYU hosts Pacific to open up West Coast Conference play tomorrow night. Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio begins at 8 Eastern with Jason Shepard, then Greg Rubel, and Mark Durant. I'm call at 9. Listen live on BYU Radio. And Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Gideon George on your screen now, and he's about to be on your screen a little bit more. He grew up wearing basketball shoes that were donated to him from the United States. Now he, if you haven't heard, is giving back in a major way, and after a shoe drive earlier this season, he's making a lot of people happy. George is affecting thousands of lives back in his home country of Nigeria. This is Deep Blue, presented by Brady Industries' Simply Better. Should we do this? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> George on the drive. And the foul. Gideon George. Seven points now for Gideon. Throws it down. Turned over. Here comes George. It's a showtime. Looking baseline. Fade away. If there is something that he needs to overcome to get to where he wants to go, he's going to figure it out. He's going to work through it, and he's going to keep building. It didn't just come like that. You had to, he had to work for it. Like he had to do a lot of stuff to actually get where he is. So that fire will not will not go off because it's been like a now it's like a lifestyle. Last year was not an easy transition year for him. There were a lot of hard things for him, as he's a you know, an international student that had only been in the States for a couple years, coming to a major university in a huge population for the first time and dealing with all the attention and the fanfare and learning a new system. Sometimes I do, Christian, like, why am I here at BYU? Like, what am I doing here? But at the end of the day, I'll sit down, like, reflect and be like, okay, 
God has a reason for me coming down here to BYU. I don't know the purpose right now, but I'm still trusting God to lead the way. The goal is to fill up that container. I think we can fill it up with uh, 240 boxes. Once that's filled up, we're sending it to Washington, D.C. And for Washington, D.C., Time of Africa would take over um, and then take uh, the boxes to Mina, Nigeria. That's where Gideon is from. And it'll go from school to school, distributing the sneakers and backpacks to students there. So. The only thing I got to say is you look at these kids back home in Nigeria, and they get so excited just for a pair of shoes. You know, we're super fortunate here. We, we get shoes, we get clothes, we just take it for granted. And so something like this that Gideon does for other people is, again, super special, and he has a big heart. So that's what everybody knows out here in Cougar Nation is he has a huge heart. He's a good teammate, a good bro. For a college basketball player to do something like this, especially thinking about his home, Kind of just speaks to who this guy is, man. It's bigger than basketball. Bigger than basketball. So last year, the deep blue talked about his shoe drive. And so what went from being a very just personal kind of face-to-face -face thing became a thing where all of a sudden there's just boxes showing up at the annex with shoes in them. These shoes has made a lot of impacts on school kids and kids playing basketball within Mena community. We had about 100 pairs of shoes. Now, 5,000 pairs of shoes. Wow. wow. I, I get like random texts on my IG, like random people texting me, be like, hey, Gideon, how's it going? I got like tons of shoes for you. I'll be like, wow. <laughs> and he's the driving force behind it. He's the one pushing it. It's something that's near and dear to his heart that means a lot to him. It was a charity that he benefited from as a youth, and now he's getting to pay it back, and it's something he takes really seriously and cares about. It's been incredible to see the support from BYU, the, the different student organizations that have worked with him and reached out and said, hey, we want to help in this effort. And the, the, the BYU family, the fan base, the coaching staff, everybody that can be involved, that can help, that can help push, that can help promote, has done so to the point where, you know, we're talking five, 6,000 pairs of shoes now will be headed to Nigeria. And it's, it's impossible to overstate the importance of what that means to that community where these shoes are going and what this can mean. So for the BYU community to get behind this and really grab onto this, this passion that Gideon has and help him has been absolutely incredible. I want to use this time to like pour my heart, my heart out there for like people that have donated, like even those ones I can't even like get to reach, you know, people donating without me being aware. I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate it because you guys are changing the world and like you guys are giving like meaning to those kids back home and like they're really grateful. Like I'm gonna speak on behalf of them kids back home. They are really grateful, like seeing the joy on their faces, like like when you talk about changing the world, you guys are really, really changing the world. So thank you very much for that. Gideon and his, his brother Samson don't need pushing to be incredible people. 
And so, you know, Samson has had these blessings since he's been in, in America uh, that then he wants to extend back to his family. And Gideon, the same thing. He wants to extend uh, the things that he has in any way he can back to his family. And so Samson and Gideon uh, looked at it and said, okay, here's the financial position that we've been fortunate to be in as a basketball player now. We can help our parents buy their first house. It's like, you wouldn't call it a thing of pride. It's just a thing of joy that actually they never actually thought about that that was going to happen in their lifetime. I feel like we just relieved my dad from so many stuff, you know. He's really, really happy. And I'm happy for that, seeing my parents happy. I'm glad we can do something like that for my parents. And I say it's a blessing for the family, for sure. We hope he finishes the degree with flying colors. And we wish him all the best in his basketball career. Gideon, we have missed you so much. We wish you all the best in your career. We thank all the donors. We thank BYU. Thank you from out for Africa. <laughs> Amazing work by Gideon George. And I said it to you right when we went into the story. His joy just exudes so, or sorry, his smile just exudes so much joy yes. and happiness. His laugh is amazing. And if you still want to donate shoes, you can. You can go to timeout, the number four, Africa, timeout4africa.com. Um, because some of those shoes, he told me when we, uh, and, and there you see it on the screen, um, some of the shoes got there before Christmas, which oh. was pretty cool. And, and Gideon told me, we did the film room this week as well. He said, I was super happy that they got there before Christmas. And that in the story, um, in, in the film room, um, one of the kids, we show the video, he puts his shoes on and he runs around. Amazing. Just sprints around, which is so awesome. Yes. Like, I hope Gideon smashes, continues to smash it on the court, right? But regardless of what he does the rest of the time, he'll be a legend at BYU for that single event. And for who he is. Like, you think about, and we've talked about it, there's a place here for all kinds of people at BYU, right? And Gideon George is a unique guy, all the way from Nigeria. New Mexico Junior College. And I'm just happy we can showcase him. Like, there are a lot of schools where you could do great things, but it, the word might not get out there. There might not be, the fan base might not understand and appreciate who and what you are, like BYU can. Yeah. It's a special place that way. And we feel uh, a special role in helping get that message out for a guy like Gideon. He obviously deserves a rise and shout out for everything that he's doing. 100%. That's not to say we won't give more rise and shout outs at the end of the show today. Yes. But I mean, just Gideon, there are a few people that have impressed me the way that he has as such a, he's, he's so young and he's already just doing major things. And oh, by the way, he started three of 21 from three. It's getting better. In the film room, he says the Westminster coach told him after the game, you were a non-shooter on our scouting report. He made five threes. Ooh, season is, high, career high. 10 of his last 19 from Hawaii's three games to now. So he has reconnected with the three. The islands three. helped him. He's an island boy. He's an island boy, yep. Coming up, Ryan's shout-out to some teams just getting it done. And our elite voice of the day. Maybe we already saw it with Aaron Roderick. But was that a voice if it's just a gif? This is BYU Sports Nation. Message? <laughs> this portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. 
always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio app, so you can download the podcast. Jaron, we've got some breaking news to get to. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. We have just learned that BYU has signed a big-time running back from the University of California at Berkeley. His name is Christopher Brooks. He's on campus, enrolled, and thus we can talk about him, and he's a guy that can replace Tyler Algier. 6'1", 235, played four years at Cal. He'll have one year to play here, apparently. Rushed for 1,734 yards, four and a half yards to carry, 14 rushing touchdowns, had 50 catches, seven uh, receiving touchdown in his career. He is uh, a guy who will compete for the starting spot, which is great news. Also, Houston Haymuli, the back. brother of producer Hema Haymuli, who works here on our staff. The, and son, the son of, of Lockett Haymuli. Will be a grad transfer fullback as well from Stanford. So good to have those two. They wanted to play for a Pac-12 championship team. <laughs> and here they are. How about rivals from the big game? One from Cal, one from Stanford, joining forces at BYU. And, oh, by the way, BYU plays at Stanford in 2022. That'll be fun. Hi, hi, brother Tanner McKee. Oh, Christopher Brooks, Houston Haymooley, both at Brigham Young University, joining the football ranks of Kalani Satake and co. It's exciting because we said BYU had to go get a running back in the portal, and they have done it uh, with two guys. Oh, my goodness. All right, our elite voice of the day answering this question. How concerned are you all about the impact of COVID on the BYU and West Coast Conference basketball season? At Tyson Peterson says, I think its impact is dependent on what BYU does about it. Will BYU try to find games anywhere they can or not? They have to get that exception from the league first. Hopefully they do if they need it. Okay, today's rise and shout out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Let's give it to the transfer portal, Jerem. The transfer portal is hot and it delivered for BYU. The Dr. Pepper of Fansville commercials have a funny take on the portal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you seen yeah. us? A punter? No, we're good. Yeah. I got Dr. Pepper. Hey, hey welcome to come state. on in. They're like, what happens when the season ends? Oh, good stuff. Our thanks to today's guest, Alex Jensen of St. Mary's. And of course, Gideon George for his deep blue. Sorry to Dennis Bitter, we ran out of time. Uh, the conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYU. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Michael Westbrook. I'm trying to think of a Brooks, but the closest thing I think to is Michael Westbrook. Mm-hmm. And Christopher Brooks is coming. Here's today, Mooley. Shout out to Locke as well. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Station. Go Cougs!